the Caribbean and the world. A special good evening to you wherever you are joining us from and welcome to Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. As you know, if it is Tuesday, it is time to get powered up with another episode of Untapped Potential right here on CDN Radio. As always, we have another full hour of motivation and inspiration for you as Shanika Hamilton joins us to discuss the changing workplace and how to adapt for success. So whether it is due to COVID-19, a recent merger, or other reasons, so many of us have recently experienced changes in the workplace which have created new and unanticipated challenges. So today I thought we could discuss the changing workplace and what we need to know as the work environment continues to change. But as we normally do, we start the week and this program off with gratitude. So what are you grateful for today? If you're celebrating a birthday, an anniversary, we wish you a very special happy birthday or happy anniversary. And for the rest of us who are just celebrating life, we are grateful for life. We are grateful that we woke up this morning and we have the energy to make it through a yet another day, yet another week. We are just grateful for life. So again, welcome to the program. Thank you for being here. I look forward each and every Tuesday to being in your company. So I am so happy that you're joining us here, right here on TDN Radio. And don't forget, stay tuned until the end of the program as we talk about how change, how how to change challenges, I'm sorry, how to change challenges into opportunities. And I kind of got the idea for this topic as I continue to listen to episodes, uh, interviews from Mr. Patrick Roland John, our former prime minister of Dominica who passed away recently. And one of the things he talks about was the fact that he was only five feet, three inches tall, but yet he took this and made it into an opportunity for himself by, for example, being an excellent tackler on the football field. And as you know, he played for the National Football, uh, Dominican National Football Association. So I thought it would be a great opportunity to sort of take advantage of this information and talk about other challenges that we have faced, uh, um, i.e. COVID-19, and how we can change those challenges into opportunity. So again, thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of our Power Up Tuesdays right here on TDN Radio. Don't forget to let everyone know that we are on. It is 5.30 on Tuesday evening, so we are on live on TDN Radio. And if anyone misses the program and they're interested in listening, don't forget you can always direct them to pushpast10.com for all the past episodes. And speaking of which... I made a boo-boo. <laughs> so it looks like the last five weeks, I had completely forgotten to upload the podcasts of the past episodes. So I went ahead and I uploaded all the podcasts that I missed along the way. So I think there's about five new podcasts that I added to uh, our collection of the past episodes. So again, pushpast10.com and click on the past episodes for any of the episodes you have you may have missed along the way. So again, thank you for being here. As you know, we're celebrating Kadaslip 
Calypso Month in Dominica. So the celebration continues and I'm learning so much about the genre of music that we created in Dominica. So I thought we could get the program started off this evening with this particular song from Exile One, the originators of Kadas Lipso, a song entitled Rosita. And for Liz out there in Massachusetts, Massachusetts, this dedication goes out to you because I know that you enjoy that you enjoy Kadas Lipso and in particular you enjoy this song Rosita. So again, this one is dedicated to Liz out there in Massachusetts, a song entitled Rosita from Exile One and to everyone who enjoys Kadas Lipso. So enjoy this number as we invite uh, Shanika Hamilton to join us for the program. And just a reminder, our interviews are recorded via Facebook Live so we can have as much interaction with the audience as well. So again, enjoy this one from Exile One and then take a listen to the interview that I did with Shanika Hamilton. of Untapped Potential is brought to you through the kind compliments of Miss Angela C. Charles. She is a wonderful Dominican author and she's the author of Cece's Journey as well as When God is Silent. So for more information, please check out her website, AngelaCharlesArthur.com. So again, AngelaCharlesArthur.com for more information as we continue to support and promote our Dominican talent. So again, a special good evening to you, Angela, and thank you for being the sponsor of this episode of Untapped Potential. Don't forget to check out her website, AngelaCharlesArthur.com for more information. Nice to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of your program. Yes, absolutely. And we are truly appreciative that you're stopping by because, again, so many of us yes. have experienced these changes in the workplace. Yeah. And, you know, it might seem like we don't know if we're coming or if we're going anymore. So yeah. I'm happy that you're here as a human resource specialist to kind of guide us through this very challenging time. So let me just read a little bit about who you are and then we will jump right into the conversation. Sounds good. 
Good. So Shanika was born in Dominica and she attended the convent high school. Upon graduating, she migrated to Maryland. She holds a master's degree in liberal studies and a strong, in a, a strong focus in human resource management. She has been practicing human resources for over 10 years and she is a senior HR operations generalist. So as a human resource specialist, I think you've just seen how everything has been changing. And one of the things that you mentioned is that human resources has now changed from being transactional to right. transformational. Right. So I want you to tell us a little bit more about that. But before we do, kind of just tell us more about who you are, where you oh. grew up, your sure. transition to the state, some challenge you may have faced. You've seen the program, you know what we do. <laughs> okay, so as uh, Simone said, my name is Shanika Hamilton. And you know, when I think about who I am, I cannot not think of my father. My father passed away two years ago, but um, he was really the person who introduced me to business. Um, Daddy managed one of the biggest stores in Roseau. Um, it was called By Trini. That's where everybody got their latest outfits and their clothes. But you know what? The, the most interesting part of that was people who worked there remembered him um remembered him for his kindness remembered him for the good time remembered him for something else whether it was because they, he gave them an opportunity uh to work there to model i mean i have so many people who still meet me when i go to different dominican functions and they would say i remember your dad he gave me an opportunity to model or work at by trini and so that sort of led me into the space of business. So when I came to the States in long time ago, I won't date myself, um, I focused, my undergraduate was really in business administration. And it was more in the space of marketing because I thought, oh, I want to do, I want to do marketing. But still, I still, my, my journey still stirred me into human resources. So I wanted to understand what made the business function. Besides the dollars and cents, there was that piece of the business that needed to be understood, which was the human piece, the human capital. And I really honed in on that. And ever since I graduated, my journey has taken me in human resources. And I've seen where from working in HRIS, you know, doing the basic data entry, putting people into the system and so forth, my journey changed, right? It changed from being very transactional to, hey, we need our people to be happy. We need to move this change. We have some objectives and we need people to have buy-in. And the human resources team now is responsible or part of the, or the human resources team has to support managers to make that change. And so I fell into that. I loved it. I, I started realizing I was really good at it. And this is where I, you know, this is where I'm thriving. So when the opportunity came up that, um, hey, you know what? I could really talk about some things that are changing in numerous resources from it being very transactional, very sort of, you know, put this data in to transformational. How is this, how is the, the, the culture? What is the culture like? Do we need to do a culture change? Do we do, do we need to do a temperature check on the culture? Post COVID, those kinds of conversations started happening more and more, more and more. And a lot of buying was needed from HR and how HR was going to support the managers to get the employees to, you know, to go along. That was a very long intro, but... <laughs> oh, no, wonderful, wonderful. And, you know, I was listening to you, but it also gave me an opportunity to share the live with everyone who might be interested in being a part of the conversation. Yeah. So thank you for that. So let's kind of talk about what business and human resources looked like before COVID-19. So you said it was a lot of transactional. So I'm assuming that you meant it involved like um, job applications, orienting uh, employees to the workplace, uh, you know, just the more transactional approaches. But now 
uh, tell us what do you mean by transformational? Because it sounds like it has a lot more to do with like conflict resolution, right. setting goals. So just kind of tell us what are the changes you've seen along the way? So pre-COVID and post-COVID, human resources was really doing, going on that path of transformation. We were, we were working to get um, folks to move or to change the organization or change the organization in a more uh, culture-friendly way, right? So once COVID happened, um, the bottom line or objectives still remain. You still needed to meet your financial goals. However, we saw that there were less people to do the jobs, right? And the conversation started, how do we now move from having, instead of 10 people to do a job, you now have five. How do I get that person to buy into the idea that you have more work, right? You have um, more responsibilities. How do I get you to buy into that idea? We started thinking of job sharing, right? Um, we started having some true robust conversations about, you know, where we are and how to build trust with our staff. I actually, I'll tell you a little bit about in terms of how I moved some thought processes into building, you know, more sort of goal setting and how to, how I created conversations around um, transition and, you know, dealing with staff with fear towards transition. Um, and it really was a very true conversation. People do not like change. No one really likes change. People think that once they hear the word change, it's, it's something horrible that's going to happen. But believe it or not, everybody really loves change. You know, you change your hairstyle, you change, you know, the, the fashion industry changes every year or every three months. So everybody does like change. However, some of the things that people really have a hard time with is thinking that they're not going to fit in to this new change, this new paradigm, right? People are sort of fed up with that change because they feel like, is the change real or is the change phony, right? Um, most people don't understand how to accomplish the outcome. And human resources has to have that conversation or has to support the managers to have that conversation. We have to literally tell, show people that there are positive outcomes, there are negative outcomes, and there is a space where that change has to come into that interesting phase where you begin to see, hey, you know what? I can tell you all the reasons why I don't want this to change, but maybe after a while we can start saying, hey, maybe some of those changes will lead to some positive outcomes. And then you move into the third phase, which is sort of like the creative outcome where you begin to be interested. Well, maybe the change is not so bad. Maybe the change wasn't so bad that we now have to work from home, right? Because now I can pick up my children mm -hmm. quicker. Or you can help them with homeschooling. Right. Or mm -hmm. maybe right now it is not so bad that I can work from home because I can be in my PJs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right? Why do we have to work from home now? Who's paying for my mileage? You know, all of those things, you know, am I getting compensated for? Uh, the the mileage that I used to you know be able to to be able to get before, mm -hmm. but here's what now the positive is, you can now stay home. You now mm -hmm. don't have to to deal with rush hour traffic. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but the U.S. we can have some really bad traffic. We can right. have traffic for about an hour and a half, and you know some people just are comfortable with the status quo, and people are really scared to know to move into that phase of the unknown. They don't like mm -hmm. it. So mm -hmm. human resources really, we, we really had to have those conversations. And I'm stepping away for, from, you know, the goal setting piece because I really want people to understand before we even set goals, we have to understand where people are mm -hmm. because they are human and we're dealing with a human issue. It's mm -hmm. not just moms or dads, it's a human issue. And the information that I'm giving you, you can apply that to your personal life. Mm -hmm. You can apply it to your work life. Mm -hmm. You can apply it wherever you go. And, and, I'm, and I'm really just to interject, I'm really happy we're having this conversation because again, 
partner. The world has changed for so many of us, and I'm looking forward to engaging with the audience to find out exactly how things have changed for them, what has changed at their workplace, what um, is a happy change for them, yeah. and what is a not so happy change for them, just what they're struggling with. You know, right. we have a human resource specialist with us today, everyone. So bring your questions, bring your concerns. Yes. You know, one of the things that you mentioned, Shanika, and before we do, let's just say good evening to everyone who's joining us Hello, on the everyone. Facebook Live. We have Beverly Johnson, Sharon Dorival, and I think I saw um, Sabria earlier on. So thank you for being here and feel free to ask your, your questions. Now, one of the things you mentioned, Shanika, is just um, in terms of change, more work. Yeah. And I think that is something a lot of people are struggling with. Yeah. Even if they have not been downsized, where you explained from 10 to 5 people, from five employees, but just working from home, yeah. I think that people are having to do more work because I'm hearing about, you know, individuals working longer hours and not being compensated for that. So let's just kind of talk about that. <laughs> I have heard that. <laughs> yes. That it's is, a challenge. It's, it's going to be a challenge. So we can mm -hmm. look from the employer standpoint, or we can look from the employee standpoint. From the employee standpoint, you're frustrated, right? And you, you almost want to say, well, I'm going to go to HR. HR, hey, I have been working five people's jobs and I'm not getting compensated. Mm -hmm. I would, if, if I were in anybody's shoes who was obviously feeling in, you know, that way, I would definitely have a true conversation. What I have done in the past is when I have staff members who come to me and say, well, you know, I've been working five jobs and my manager is not paying me. I literally list the types of jobs they think that they're doing. I ask them to, you know, write out literally everything that they've been doing and give it to me. And so we three, manager, employee, and myself would have a conversation. What does this job look like? Is there another role that the person can fit in? Um, you know, and I believe that people have to advocate for themselves, right? So a lot of times people feel, you know, I will just complain to human resources. No, a part of that is you're responsible for telling me or to bring forth the roles that you think that you're doing because a lot of times some people think that they're doing a lot but sometimes it's not mm -hmm. but then sometimes it is so if someone writes down what they think that they're doing then we can have a robust conversation with the manager so that is one of the things that i would do or i would advise the employee to do from the employer standpoint, if you have a situation where you have in a lot of your staff members that are obviously working five, six jobs, you want to look at that and see whether it's time to bring in um, assistance from either a recruiting company who can come in and support, you know, send out two, three temporary um, staff to support your mission because at the end of the day you have financial objectives we all have financial objectives right so maybe not having someone join in the the firm for you know permanently but you can have some temporary staff help mm -hmm. so those are just two options from the employee standpoint and from the employer standpoint yeah absolutely and yeah. Yes, yes, that makes sense. And Mr. Gordon Henderson just joined our live. So good evening, sir. I hope it's not morning in France, in Paris. So thank you for being up late with yeah. us to be a part of this conversation. Now we talk about people working from home, I'm Shanika, and let's just talk about the challenges and the benefits that many are experiencing right now. Yeah. Because like you said, you know, it's a great opportunity to be able to work in your pajamas. And, you know, I enjoy the benefits. I've been working from home for the last 13 years. So I certainly know the benefits. But there's also some really um, tough drawbacks from working from home. Isolation, mm -hmm. not being motivated to work. Right. Uh, procrastination. Right. So let's just talk about, you know, some of the challenges and, and difficulties of working from home. So from the employee standpoint, employer standpoint, I think it's very important if you're going to have a team work from home, you want to make sure that you outline expectations, right? You can't just expect people to work from home and say, oh, 
go forth and work from home without some sort of, these are your expectations. Um, this is the equipment that you can take. You know, some employees I've heard where someone said, can I bring my chair from work? <laughs> it sounds very funny. But Wait, hold on. Nobody can take the chair from the office? Yes, but here's what, from an HR standpoint, if that person has a medical condition mm. on file, then they can bring their chair. Yes, yeah. Right. I'm just trying to figure out how would they actually bring the chair. They probably need a pickup That's truck or something. That's why you need HR. So do yes. you see where HR is now moving from the transactional to the transformational? Mm -hmm. Because if if it's someone who doesn't know that, then you would say, what? No, ma'am, you cannot bring your right. chair. But from an HR standpoint, we are very much aware of the rules <laughs> mm -hmm. and if that person falls under the ada which is the american disability act then mm. that person can very well take their chair home <laughs> wow interesting um, yeah yeah so mm -hmm. i've seen a lot of that mm -hmm. uh, from the employee standpoint if you notice that you're experiencing uh boredom or you know depression most companies have an employee assistance program. And if they mm -hmm. don't have it, they need to have it. Mm -hmm. Because what that will do outside of HR, that, it, that entity is there to support your staff when they're having financial, emotional, any sort of issue, that entity or that group is there to support the staff. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. Yeah, now let's talk about isolation because I think yeah. a lot of people, I have this one particular friend, she's single, she has no children mm -hmm. and she works from home and she yeah. says it's so difficult to be motivated each and every day because she's so isolated, she's, she's missing human interaction. So let's just talk about the importance of taking a break from work, stepping outside, still finding a way to connect to... Oh to to humans. And before we do, let's say good evening to Herbie and Dave Bertrand, who's saying good morning from the UK. So oh, hello, Dave, hello, thank everyone. you for being up late to be with us uh, this evening. Good morning to you. So, you know, for me, I, I come from a place of intention. Um, we've, we've chatted before, so, you know, you, you've gotten a glimpse of who I am. Um, regardless of whatever I do, there is intention. And so with COVID, I'll tell you my personal story. This is not HR, but my personal story is COVID came, it shut everything down, but there was a Taekwondo place that was open mm -hmm. and I got myself into Taekwondo. Mm -hmm. and I'm yes, you told belt. me, you yes, told I'm me. On my, I mean, you do things with the intention of finding that chi, finding that spirit, finding that connection. And sometimes it just takes that one step, that one step of stepping outside, mm -hmm. talking to someone. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a mask. Mm -hmm. It's just a mask, but you mm -hmm. are the same person inside. Mm -hmm. And again, with change, that's why it's so critical that we have this conversation because yes. change is not only happening outside us, change is mm -hmm. happening inside of us, right. right? And whatever inside of us, is the manifestation of what we see, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think for me, one of the things that you can definitely do for yourself, if you're you're going through this sort of isolation, you want to write down, write down all of the things that you're grateful for. Mm. I am grateful. Well, I'm grateful for work, number one, because a lot of people have lost their jobs. So number exactly. one should be, I'm grateful for life. Number two should be, I'm grateful for work. Right. Write down that, have a gratitude journal. Um, and this is something that I say to my staff. You know, uh, we talk HR, I can tell you some of the, you know, I quoted ADA and all of those things, but there is a humanness that has to happen. And I mm -hmm. tell people, what are you grateful for? This is change, but you have to anchor in something that's that's positive, something that's good. Mm -hmm. And from that, you, you, you work through human resources. That's my core and that's my anchor. And that's mm -hmm. why I would have been successful at what I've done because I have my intentions and I have my gratitude journal. I'm not just speaking to you. I have my, my, my board. So I, I said my intentions 
And you have to say those intentions, whether you're locked in or you're working from home or you're working in the office. I have not stopped working in the office because my change has to be face to face. I right. have to see what my team is doing. I have to be involved in a lot of the leadership meetings. Mm -hmm. um, and I have to have those tough conversations, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And so the reality is if someone is feeling like they are going through that depression stage, right? The truth of it, if, if you don't find help, right? Let's have a tough conversation. You don't mm -hmm. find help and you don't address or, or say that you're having a difficult time. What will happen is you will get written up or you will get mm -hmm. fired. Yeah. It is just yeah. that simple, right? Mm -hmm. So get help or get fired. Right. Right. Yeah, and you know, I'm so happy we're having this conversation and uh, Sam Hill is on the live. He's actually the manager of TDN Radio, who is, so technically he's my boss at TDN Radio, Hello. so I'm going to be on my best behavior here. So good <laughs> evening, Sam. And of course, we want to thank TDN Radio for sponsoring our Facebook Lives because we use their platform for our Facebook Live program. So certainly thank you to TDN Radio and Sam for stopping by. Now, we're t I'm so happy we're having this conversation because there's so many implications for so many people. Yeah. And one of the things that was announced recently is that New York City has requested that all new, uh, the city employees return to the office. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering what are the HR implications if people do not feel mm -hmm. that it will be in their best interest to go back to the office, but it is mandated by the city that they return to work. So yeah. I can imagine the HR department is going to be very busy oh, yeah. for many different divisions of uh, New York City. Oh yeah, I, I can only imagine. And I would, I just, I can only imagine. Mm -hmm. But here is what they should do if they have a consistent message, which is they're, you know, they're already addressed. Hey, you know what? We need you back. We need you back into the office. We need your service. That is step number one. Um, with change, again, what we're talking about, I'll, I'll, I'll step, take a step back and I'll tell you about a turbulent flight. I don't like flying. I am in Florida mm -hmm. on vacation with my family, but flying is not one of the things that I really like. But if the pilot or the stewardess says, you know what, we're going to experience some turbulence, please stand by, then that makes me feel a little bit comfortable when the turbulence happens, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of managers or, or, or even business owners or employers, first step, and with New York City, is stating, hey, this is what is going to happen, but address that people are going to feel uncomfortable with it mm -hmm. and i think in terms of 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 the next step it definitely would be to just to have that conversation let people vent because mm -hmm. they will and and also i and, think what would help also i think what would help as well is just to emphasize the safety protocols Right. You know, what are the safety protocols that will be in place? Because let's face it, all, all over the U.S., we're seeing that the, the, the number of the virus is significantly declining. But someone like me, I still follow all the safety protocols. So you I think, do. yes, I still, and I've had the first do. vaccine and I'm still going to continue following the protocols even after the second vaccine. Right. I've been fully vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Before I was fully vaccinated, I came to the office every single day. Mm. It, you know, you practice protocol, like you said, you cover your, your face, mm -hmm. sanitize your hands, you have social mm -hmm. distance. You know, HR, I could, I'm telling you from my personal experience, I was scared because I can imagine come into your office to complain all the time. Yeah. And COVID or no COVID, someone is going to come into your office. So I think, you know, if the transition happening is, is going to make HR probably freak out, not because mm -hmm. of the complaints, but we are very much aware that once people come back into the office, they're going to be in our space. They're mm -hmm. going to come back and ask questions. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, people want to know that how is this change going to affect me, mm -hmm. right? What can I do to, you know, to avoid the change? But the manager or the employer now needs mm -hmm. to, to showcase, hey, you know what? If you buy into this change, this is what will happen. 
So mm-hmm. this is the journey, but this is the outcome, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that's really the, the, the idea. Nobody wants to feel like they were um, a part of something that was fake, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're bringing people back, but people are going to get sick. Nobody wants to be a part of that. No. But people mm-hmm. want to feel that they're safe through this transition and they want to be a part of something that is good. So mm-hmm. if you show outcomes, if you show success stories, then people will buy into that change. And that's mm-hmm. where my marketing comes in to my Right, yeah. right. That's that first degree <laughs> that you had. Yeah. So if you're just joining us, we're speaking to Shanika Hamilton. She's an HR specialist. And we're just walking through the changing face of business, the changing face of, of, of work. And we're enjoying this conversation about all the implications of coronavirus. And now the coronavirus um, is uh, going away. What are the implications? And you know, um, for Shanika, for some people, this is a permanent change. Because I have to tell you, for example, my brother is permanently going to be working from home now. So that's the good news. You know what's the bad news? opportunities for advancement when you're not working in front of the boss i actually read an article which indicated Mm -hmm. that those folks who have gone and are now fully working from home Mm -hmm. it is going to be less um, opportunity for them to be visible visible in Mm -hmm. front of their bosses and it may affect their opportunities for advancement what are no, your I, thoughts on that? I don't believe that. I don't believe okay. that because it's, again, your intention. Right. You set your intention for your, the work that you want to, to do. You, mm-hmm. you know, there is not that water cooler, but you certainly yes. have vibrant conversations. There mm-hmm. are leadership meetings that you can still be a part of. There is still right. input that you can, you can uh, contribute to. Um, you certainly can be a part of those robust conversations. So I don't believe that you, it mm-hmm. diminishes... You're not physical, physically there, but remember mm-hmm. the whole world has changed, right? Now people are on, you know, on this, this global platform. So people are looking for information via some sort of Zoom or, mm-hmm. you know, FaceTime or whatever other platforms there. So people have to make themselves visible one way or the other. So I don't Yeah, I think absolutely I agree with you because yeah. yes, you may not have um the water cooler moments where people sort of congregate and talk about the weekend and you yeah. know that's how people get to know you in terms mm-hmm. of your personality and that helps with advancements. Mm-hmm. But you have the opportunities to be on Zoom calls and it's up to you to speak up. Right. When you're on those calls right. to also dress for the calls because right. you might be thinking that you're from home and you're going to dress very casually, but your boss is looking at you. Right. So and, it, it, and it, it happens. Like when I'm on Zoom calls, many times I'm on Zoom calls in my office and I have and I look at the, the, the executive team. So I work with an organization that has multiple um, agencies all over the U.S. Mm-hmm. So I'm in Silver Spring, Maryland, but we have offices in Michigan, we have offices in California, we have offices um, in Florida, um, Philadelphia. So I'm on a Zoom call with everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. many times, you know, you know, we my I remember when my my boss at that time she said, I want everybody to be on, on video now. We were like, What? Video? Why? But <laughs> there was a, a push, right? I want you to be ready for this conversation. I want you to be fully present for this conversation. Again, to managers, there are ways that you can motivate. There are ways that you can engage your staff. Mm-hmm. If you're going to constantly have conversations on just voice, then how are you motivating your staff? Because part right. of the reason why your staff is maybe not really working so hard, part of it is you. What mm-hmm. are you doing? What resources are you providing to your staff to encourage them to show up? Mm-hmm. to be present for that conversation. Um, mm-hmm. What are the expectations that you're setting? If you set no expectations, if you do not itemize what you expect, then how are people going to, to follow? Or how, mm-hmm. how can you hold people accountable, right? Right. So I think, you know, going back to your, your statement about New York City, I think those are some of the things that New York City really has to put in place. Mm-hmm. Begin to list. And, you mm-hmm. know, 
one of the things about organizational change, you know, you can look at it in two ways. You can look at it as structural change, where you change who the reporting structure, if you will. You no longer report to the manager. You now report to the director. Mm-hmm. That's all well and good. But if you have not tapped into the cultural change, mm-hmm. then you are at a complete loss. COVID has shown us that if you do not tap into the cultural change, you mm-hmm. are nowhere. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? And we have we have <laughs> comments coming in, so I'm happy to see that we have contributions to the discussion. Um, Adelaide Joseph said, I said, I still follow all the safety protocols and I have been fully vaccinated for months. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Um, Sam Hill says, how would you handle employees who refuse to follow safety protocols when they're back in your physical space? Very good question, Sam. Thank you for that question. Right. So one of the things, remember, I mentioned that we need to make sure we have cultural change and that Mm -hmm. is part of the culture. Our expectations are X, Y, Z. And if you do not follow those expectations, then this is what the next step is going to be. We're going to have a conversation. And usually when you say from a manager, we're going to have a conversation. That conversation is usually through coaching or Mm -hmm. written documentation in your file that says you have not um, followed XYZ policy. I think for managers or owners or directors, begin to write policies. Sometimes a policy depends on the organization, has to go through the board, the board has to sign off begin to, I mean, you should have done that a long time ago, right? But Mm -hmm, let's just mm -hmm. say you have not. For the case of this situation, you have not done your policies and you've not done your procedures. If you think that maybe, well, you know, uh, the policy might take too long to go through the board, it may take two months because the board meets once a quarter or once a month or whatever, write a procedure. Mm -hmm. Our procedure is X, Y, Z. Most boards don't care too much about procedures. I shouldn't say don't care, but it doesn't go through the same process. You can tell I've done this a while. So write a procedure. This is the procedure and these are the ramifications. I hope I answered Mm -hmm. your question. Yes, I think you did. Sam, I hope you got uh, an answer to your question. Now we have Sharon Dorival and she says, I didn't have to stay home because I work in the healthcare industry, Uh, but I realized that there were more wholesome connections made during COVID. It is heartbreaking that so many people lost their jobs. There might be a rise for the need for mental health first. So she's talking about the need for help, mental health intervention, because many people are suffering in silence. Yeah, yeah. So I work in healthcare as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been working in healthcare mostly, most of my career. Um, And to be honest with you, I I have seen the collaboration, the camaraderie, the, you know, instead of bringing a cake you bring like small cupcakes to the office mm-hmm. so everybody can have a cupcake individually sealed i've seen that i've experienced yes. it there's so much you can still do you can live a very good life a very good office life um safely with your colleagues but mm-hmm. you have to set protocols and you have to set expectations absolutely because I can so tell, true. i have a good time with my 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 colleagues we have meetings you know, I am the one that will say one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, social distance, please do not sit next to me. <laughs> but we're all vaccinated, but we still mm-hmm. practice, you know, uh, our distance. We still uh, cover our faces. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we still do what we're supposed to do because we have our families to take care of, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I believe part of that in terms of allowing people to follow protocols is to empower them to follow protocols. Mm-hmm. Whether you um, nominate someone or you do some sort of employee engagement, right? Yes. Hint, hint, yes. right now. Yes. That yes. is something that most companies should start focusing on. Um, mm-hmm. Again, that's where HR comes in. You know, we talk really robustly about uh, engagement. We uh, try to support the managers to, to, to really support their colleagues during this time mm-hmm. because you have mm-hmm. to people are looking yeah. for that support 
Mm-hmm. And and Al Charles said he's just saying hi to Hello, Shanika Al. Mitchell Hamilton. He's calling all your names, Shanika. <laughs> and we hi, have a question. We have a question from Cleo. What I she asked Al from way back. Mm-hmm. Nice Cleo asked, <laughs> "Can you kindly expound on the point you made about cultural change? Uh-huh. How do you manage this?" So again, thank you everyone on the Facebook Live. Uh, um, submitting questions to our discussion. So how do you manage cultural change uh, during this crisis? Oh gosh, so cultural change is not so much, um, you know, we're Dominican and, you know, now it's moving to another, you know, American culture, no. Yes. Cultural mm-hmm. change is what type of expectations. So if the expectation was, I'm just gonna be very casual here. If the expectations were everybody sort of suited up to mm-hmm. come into the office because everybody was very formal. Um, now people are being more relaxed. There's hardly anyone in the office. People are wearing shorts to come to the office some places. Mm. Some people are coming with sundresses. That's a cultural change, and I'm being very mm-hmm. casual about it. But that is one thing, just showing people that you know our culture, our environment is no longer that formal environment. Another change could simply be we we had a merger. Now we are we are adopting new initiatives or new processes from another company. Um, we are now merging thoughts. We are now merging practices or business practices. Um, that is what I mean by cultural change. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it does. And Herbie Herbie Jack uh, chimed in. He says, is there an HR element that can be factored in when it comes to the customers coming into a store, business place, and refuse to adhere to safety protocols such as mask wearing? So protecting your employees if uh, if uh, customers refuse to wear a mask, does that fall under HR as well? Is that something HR can create a policy for? It doesn't really fall under HR, but one of the mm-hmm. things is, you know, employees might complain. You know, I mm-hmm. feel unsafe in this environment. So mm-hmm. how can the manager begin to support? Yeah, the manager, the because you would have to report to the manager. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, the yeah. manager might definitely feel that, hey, you know what? I'm getting a lot of my, my staff complaining that they feel uncomfortable. And so mm-hmm. how do I begin to support? So what I would probably do, I would have signs posted. Again, I, I believe in making sure that the expectations are very clear in black mm-hmm. and white and you're you're allowing or you're empowering notice those words you're empowering yes. your team to mm-hmm. say and give them the script right give them the words that they should use sometimes people struggle with words right we are mm-hmm. not sure how we should say ma'am you you're you're not to enter the store without a mask mm-hmm. instead of you know i'm dominican instead of saying don't come there you know <laughs> You know, we talk, <laughs> but I think I think that's even I think that's even more challenging now. You know, because to keep these protocols in place, where a lot of people will now say, "Well, I've been vaccinated, so what is the big issue?" It's going to be a fight because if the store still has that policy in place and people are arguing, "Well, you know, I, what was the point of me getting vaccinated if I still have to wear a mask?" They'll bring that argument to the store. They, and that's not the place. I, again, right. it, uh, providing your team with, so let's step a, take a step back. Okay, mm-hmm. so team, this is our staff meeting. So you had these issues happen. Okay, what was one? What was two? What was three? Okay, these are some of the things that we can do as a team now to support each other when this mm-hmm. happens. This right. is a script that we can begin to tell customers. These are mm-hmm. the signs that are going to be posted around the office or the space mm-hmm. or you know the build the business it's outside mm-hmm. as well as inside um this is you know this is the calm we are we're calm we're we are respectful rational we're, we're also very firm and being yes. nice doesn't mean that yes. you have to be soft but you can be nice and firm so mm-hmm. it's allowing people providing people the the script and the support and also so here's what mr manager when you notice that your team is really doing a really good job, you mm-hmm. recognize them. You know, guys, I just want to let you know you really did a good job this week. I know it was tough, and I know you've yeah. got a lot of, of, of a hard time, mm-hmm. but I do want to thank you 
for your week, for your hard time, for, for going through with this project with me. Um, I think thank you is a powerful Absolutely. sentence. Absolutely. You know, I, 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 there is, there is a, um, a very, very good acronym that I really love. Um, and it's called AIDIT. I don't know if you've ever heard of AIDIT. I have mm -hmm. in healthcare, so I know. And there is a process when you meet someone and you engage with them. And that process itself really has some measurable outcomes in the way that you experience a customer or a client. And mm -hmm. AIDIT actually stands for A, for acknowledge. You acknowledge someone. You say, well, you know, I see you. You acknowledge them. You introduce yes, good morning. The I, right? Mm -hmm. The I is for introductions. Mm -hmm. And then for the D is usually duration in terms of if you're seeing a patient or you're seeing or somebody's going to come to you for some sort of service. So you tell them, hey, you know what? I know this is going to take some um, time, but this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this and this process, right? The E is for explanation. You're going to actually explain to them the process that is happening and explain to them how long it's going to take. Explain to them what, you know, probably what the setbacks might be or why the wait is going to be so long or explain to them, hey, you know what? You cannot come into our office without a mask. Right. And the T, at the end of it, you still say thank you. You know, mm -hmm. I'm sorry you're not able to come into our office, but thank you for, you know, supporting our business we do mm -hmm. appreciate you do you see what i'm saying yes so beautiful now has beautiful to we cannot mm -hmm. think that they are doing something to us you mm -hmm. have to think about it in they are not aware right so mm -hmm. how can we change the mindset Mm -hmm. Oh, very well said. Very well said. And I'm just here thinking how we can just apply that to so many businesses in terms of just include in, in, in improving the overall experience, not just for the customer, but for the employee, because you already have a script. You know what is the next thing that you're supposed to be engaging in with the the, the customer in front of you. So we have brought... This is measurable. Yes, yes. I mean, was the one that coined this uh, acronym. And this mm -hmm. is some measurable outcomes. Actually, this is used in uh, the hospital system in the US. Mm -hmm. um, and the outcomes are, you can tell that people now have a buy-in in terms of if a nurse comes to someone to say, um, you know, this is how long, or this is the medication that you're going to take. And this is what the, the medication is going to do for you, X, X Y, and Z. That person now wants to be a part of this process, right? Mm -hmm. Again, I'm mm -hmm. showing you that you cannot do change mm -hmm. post pre-COVID without mm -hmm. buying. And that's what human resources does. At least that's yeah. what I, the type of human resources that I buy into. Yeah, yeah. By change. And yeah, good stuff. Transformational standpoint. Yeah, good stuff. And Rosalyn is on the live and she says, what preparations are in place to receive employees returning to work? So I think we talked about that, having the safety protocols in place uh -huh. Uh -huh. and ensuring that there's a, a, a process, a policy yeah. to ensure that this one is willing to follow it, but this one is not, and just how that is going to all work together. And Indig Indigenous Bushman says, good evening. Hi, uh, Cyril, how are you? And don't be, don't be scared to have those difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, you mm -hmm. have to have that difficult conversation, especially if you have a procedure or a policy in place, especially mm -hmm. when you have outcomes. Because guess what? The CEOs and the CFOs, they have outcomes and they expect you to hit those outcomes with mm -hmm. staff that can produce those outcomes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Well, I'm so happy we're having this conversation and you know, the time is quickly ticking by and I just want to make sure that we get in at least one other question before we wrap up um, this evening. And that is, what are some of the resources that we may not be aware of that may benefit us that we can contact human resources about? Because sometimes we get so bugged down in the job that we don't, we don't even look at the orientation package they give us. 
because we're so excited <laughs> to get the job. Oh, and then we, we put it there and we say, we're going to look at it, we're going to look, and it's five years later and we don't. So just right. kind of tell us some of the <laughs> benefits that we may not have considered that human resources may be able to provide for us. And I think I, I like that you mentioned the employee assistant one, because that is such an important resource, especially in terms of mental health, yep. where you yep. can get counseling services as right. part of your human resource, as part of, of your package at work. Right. So with me and the business that I do, the work that I do, I help companies really structure what the expectations are, what a human resources um, department should look like. Uh, yes, we have the procedural piece. I, I actually look at human resources in three, three different ways, three pieces, if you will. Um, as much as it's very transformational, we still look at the administrative piece of HR, we look at the operational piece of HR, and then we look at the strategic piece of HR, right? And so, um, in terms of making sure we have all the resources that we can provide to staff. The employee assistance program definitely is a very strategic oh, very initiative good. because mm -hmm. it, it, it supports our staff. It, it really provides, and it actually, the data has shown that it really does help staff. I have heard some horror stories, right? Mm. I've heard where some nurses or some, you know, staff were on the brink of committing suicide. Yeah. This is what I've been experiencing in HR. So wow. providing that is so key. Not because you're in healthcare means you're, everybody's super strong. People are right. vulnerable. People are, right. are not well. People are mm -hmm. people need help, right? So providing some sort of employee assistance program is key. Also, look at your benefits. Maybe if you... In your benefits, there may be mental health. There may mm -hmm. be some support in your benefit package that is not really evident or the HR person didn't talk to you about or the benefits person didn't talk to you about or your manager didn't mm -hmm. talk to you about. Uh, whoever it is that just delivers those sort of um, information. I think those two are really important in terms mm -hmm. of um, what HR can provide. And also, I think, you know, we all have bonds and friendships at work. But if you have in an HR person who you trust, who you believe can provide that support, especially if that person is like uh, an HR business partner or an HR director, and you feel like you can talk to that person and share what your concerns are carefully. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. you're still at work. Because you're still in the office. Mm -hmm. I would I would almost strongly suggest that you speak to someone in HR rather than go speaking to everybody else in the office. Right. Right. So yes. HR can be that ear for you if you really do need to just sometimes vent and to mm -hmm. share some of the things that are, are going on with you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you for being with us. Thank oh, you for joining you. us on this program. Time. And I would love to have you back, especially when we uh, start the program on Q95 as well, because Thanks. I actually am an associate professor of industrial organizational psychology. So we're pretty much along the same line because I teach um, the psychology of work. So I teach motivation, leadership, all the wonderful topics that you cover. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to collaborating with you so that, <laughs> so that we can assist our community yeah. and kind of highlight for them the important role of HR and how HR can benefit them. So do you have any final words as we get ready to, to wind up the program today? Oh my gosh, I had such a good time. Thank you. Oh, so thank much. you. This is what I love to do. I, I literally love to do HR work. I mean, it's in my blood. It's in my genes. Mm -hmm. um, and so if anybody has any questions for me, they certainly can send me a message via Facebook. I will be happy to respond. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I just love what I do. And I thank you so much for inviting me. I love the work that you're doing. Kudos. Thank kudos, you. Kudos you to are you. listening thank to you. Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. If you live in Canada, the US, and the UK, and are looking for Dominica products, including cocoa sticks, bay rum, coffee, soaps, crafts, and other popular Dominica items, then look no further. You can now shop 
on buydominicaonline.com, a secure, easy-to-navigate website selling a wide variety of Dominica-made and Dominica-inspired products. When you shop on buydominicaonline.com, you are helping to grow Dominica's economy. Go to buydominicaonline.com and enjoy home away from home. As we continue to grow and evolve these programs, uh, Shanika is certainly someone I would love to stay in touch with as we share on important topics that relate to the workplace. Because let's uh, keep in mind the amount of hours we spend on the job, whether we are working remotely or we are still uh, traveling to a physical location. So again, Shanika, thank you for being with us. Thank you for sharing your expertise with us and thank you for giving back to your community in such an important way. Now, as we talked about in the beginning, let's take a listen at a bit of information on the positive impact of the lockdown due to coronavirus. So in the beginning, we talked about the importance of turning challenges into opportunity. And I think COVID-19 and 2021 and uh, 2020 were such opportunities if we allowed ourselves to find opportunities during such challenging times. So again, take a listen, this particular recording is entitled The Positive Impact of the Lockdown Due to Coronavirus. And then stay tuned as we wind on the program for yet another Tuesday. Nothing is completely good or bad in this world. Just as there is something bad hidden in every good thing, in the same way something good is also hidden in every bad thing. The same thing applies to the corona pandemic as well. You all know how the corona pandemic has engulfed the whole world and has had a negative impact on almost every aspect of life. But as I said, in every bad thing, there must be some good hidden. So here I will tell you how the corona pandemic has positively impacted the world. Number 1. Nature is happy. The most pronounced impact of the coronavirus outbreak has been on the environment. All types of pollutions have been reduced. Air pollution has reduced to a great extent as the number of vehicles on the roads has decreased. Water pollution and noise pollution levels have also come down significantly due to the shutdown of industries and factories. As human interference with the environment has almost stopped, so, the nature has an opportunity to renew itself. Due to decline in economy and other activities, although humans are suffering, but nature and other animals seem to be very happy. Number 2. Decline in road accidents and crime Most of the people are locked in their homes due to lockdown and the roads are deserted. Because of it, the number of deaths in road accidents has come down sharply. Due to lockdown, not only good people but also people of criminal instincts are locked in their homes. It has caused a decline in crime. Number 3. Reduction in overconsumption habits of people. Due to lockdown, most of the people are working from home and are spending maximum time in their homes. Due to this, unnecessary shopping and traveling has almost stopped. No matter how rich someone is, he too has to spend his life using only limited goods present in his home. Number 4. Plenty of time to spend with family and do productive work. Almost all offices are either closed or asking their employees to work from home. Due to this, people are getting ample time to live with family. This free time can be used in a very productive way and some people are already taking advantage of it. In this free time, we can spend quality time with our family members. We can do all those tasks that we were unable to do due to lack of time. We can also use this time to overcome our weaknesses. Many types of skills can be developed in this free time. So we saw that everything is not bad in this pandemic situation. There is something very good that wouldn't have been possible without it. 
So friends, this was all about positive side effects of coronavirus. Thank you for staying with us. And I think that we can all agree that it really boils down to our perspective. So if we can see the positive in any of the negative challenges that we may um, encounter. And again, it's about turning uh, lemons into lemonade. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of the program. Thank you for spending this hour with me. I look forward to being in your company each and every Tuesday right here on TDN Radio for another episode of Untapped Potential. So I hope that you found great value in the information and that you will share the word that we are here each and every Tuesday from 5.30 Eastern Time as we get powered up for the week ahead. So again, thank you for being here. And in terms of our uh, featured video for the uh, website pushpast10.com, P-U-S-H-P-A-S-T, the number 10.com, we will go ahead and post the last episode of Sasenu, our Creole program, to the website so we continue to expose and promote our Creole culture. And I've been receiving such wonderful feedback about this particular program. Everyone seems to love the fact that we speak only Creole. You know, I'm still biting my tongue, but <laughs> we speak only Creole on this particular program as we continue to promote our native language of uh, Creole from Dominica, St. Lucia, and all the other islands that speak the Creole language. So again, I will post the video of our latest episode of the Creole program. And as a matter of fact, tomorrow, Wednesday, we are back at it again. We have another Creole program, Sassy New on Facebook Live. And this time we will be joined by Keck. So they are the committee responsible for promoting Creole in Dominica. And they are celebrating 40 years of, uh, of doing so, of promoting Creole. So I will be sure once we've recorded the Facebook Live to also add it to Push Past 10 so you can can enjoy being a part of the celebration. So again, thank you for being here. Our next guest will be Dion Henderson. Speaking of promoting Creole, can you tell I am Dominican to the bone? It's all about Dominica for me. So we will have Dion Henderson, who is the son of the legendary Gordon Henderson, and he will be our guest next week for the program. So I could not let the end of July, the month that we are celebrating Kadaslipso go by without having an interview with one of the key players in the Kadaslipso movement right now. So he is the head of the Alliance Francaise uh, organization in Dominica. So he will join us and tell us what it was like growing up as the son of the legendary Gordon Henderson and just sharing his experiences with us. So I hope you will join us next week. Same time, same place, 5.30 Eastern Time, right here on TDN Radio. So don't forget, your life story is your strength. Remember to tap into your potential each and every day. Remember to stay strong, stay positive, and stay engaged until we meet again next week at the same time, same place. I hope that you're feeling a little bit more energized and you have a little bit more energy to get you through the rest of the week. So I will see you again next week, same time, same place. You take care.